When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Joe Rimmer and listeners at home, can you feel it? Viewers on Facebook, can you feel it? Watchers on YouTube, can you feel it? Ian Doyle, can you feel it? Paul Ghost, can you feel it? I can feel it, yeah. The yeah. magic of yeah. the FA Cup. It, yeah. It's magic, isn't it? Some people would have you believe <laughs> that the FA Cup is a dusty old thing that's worth big revamp and put the League Cup first. But those people would the, be, they'd but, still be right. But it was fun yesterday, wasn't it? They know? would be you, wouldn't they? There is no magic of the League Cup. There's no such there thing. There could be. If, if you got on board. But anyway. Well, by, by the end of this, this podcast, there will be the Magic yeah, of the League yeah. Cup because there's a small matter of a semi-final to look forward yes, to. But yes, we have is. the third round at, at Arsenal. Yeah. And, and I know that uh, my colleague Paul here, he was less than enthused as I we watched. were stepping into the car at Burnwood Services around about 10 o'clock in the morning. But by the time we got there, we'd uh, someone managed to G him up and he was a little bit more excited at the prospect of playing against Arsenal. Well, not him, but Liverpool playing against Arsenal. And then by the end, he was positively... Eyebrows were raised and hands in the air. Well, whatever your equivalent is, yeah. Fever, wasn't yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was uh, an epidemic in Liverpool. It was. Uh, are you still, you that we said it wasn't like that at half time. No, no. Uh, which I'm sure we'll get. We'll get into the game now, and I suspect. And uh, yeah, I think Liverpool first half. Klopp said after he, he couldn't quite work out what Arsenal or he, he didn't expect the formation and the approach that Arsenal had done, which was what was it four two two two? Yeah. Uh, wingers properly out wide and man marking all around the pitch and Liverpool just couldn't get to grips with it for the most part of the first half and it took good performance from you know Canate Alisson Becker was quite fairly solid mm. at the back and they were probably the best two that came out of the first half I mean second half which we'll debate in a, in a little bit um, different story but that first half you were slightly concerned about Looking, you can always tell. I think when you go to these away grounds, you can tell from the reactions of the the home fans how things are going for their team and what they're expecting. <laughs> After they'd missed the first two chances, certainly the one where Odegaard hit the bar and there was the block, yeah, wasn't there? Yeah, from, from, that was Reese Nelson, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Canati blocked from, and then yeah. a shock. They the kind of Liverpool just got it away. Then something happened shortly after. I think it might have been Habits with a bit of a weak effort at mm-hmm. um, when Gomez gave the ball away. I think that was that one as well. Mm-hmm. So. At that point, you could see the home fans for like, oh, and you could hear the grumbles. Whereas, if you don't go there every week like we don't, we were thinking, oh, Arsenal are over Liverpool here. The bounce score at some point was they looking at it from the point of view, oh no, not another game where we've missed a couple of very presentable chances. And Liverpool built on that, and Klopp made his changes at half time, which, funnily enough, were changes that. They weren't exactly like, oh, why has he done, what's he done that for? It's more like, well, I can see exactly why he's done that because yeah. this wasn't working. And it could have been something they may have tried anyway in the um, in the first half. It wasn't like spectacular, tactical, this, that and the other. It was just going, right, we're going to move this player to here, this player to here, this player to here, and this player to here. And they all did kind of the same jobs, but they did them to their level and, and what might have been expected. I mean, Nunes, look, at first half, he was up against, I think it was Saliba, wasn't it? Didn't really get anything from him. Didn't get much service, to be fair. Second half, he goes out onto the left wing and he's 
running uh, Ben White all over the place, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, or, ben, I, or Ben Brown, as he should be called. Ben Tan. <laughs> yeah. What do they, they call him? Benny Blanco, don't they? <laughs> yeah. But he's, um, yeah, anything but Blanco. Um, I mean, I, I watched it at home, of course, you're there in the stadium. Um, and I, I found the narrative around the game quite interesting. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk of Arsenal's domination after the game. And, you know, they. it, it was a lot of it was put on Arsenal rather than the credit, I think, given to Liverpool. And I think I, th- I think people almost expect teams to go away to places and dominate all the time. And that's not the case, is it? You have to ride out the storm. Like like Doyley said, you have to allow them to get in their own heads a little bit, make some yeah. tweaks and... And it was an impressive, it was impressive squad performance, wasn't it? You know, there were there were several good performances, but I think everyone played their part really yesterday. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it's kind of getting overlooked how many players the pull had out massively. You know, it's crazy. Just kind of say, oh, Mo Salah, no, no Van Dijk, but obviously Endo's been an important part of the of the plan the last sort of six weeks or so. Obviously, Zabaz like <clears throat> played almost every minute, hasn't he? You know, he's been available. Both left backs. Both left backs, that left back in, in the squad, not a senior one at least. Joe Gomez doing a job there in his almost third favourite position after the three in, in the back. Um, Joe Matup as well, I think he's another one who, who's massively out, underrated outside of Liverpool where people don't necessarily think that he's you know, a, an important member of the team, but he's Liverpool starting yeah. centre-back. So everywhere you looked, there was you know, people injured and players not available for Liverpool. So they've gone there with a little bit of a selection crisis and rode the, the storm to an extent, um, stayed in it, created enough chances of their own and have nicked it at the end. You could almost tell it, if, I think I wrote it in our match blog, getting into the last 10 minutes, it was almost like, like Liverpool thought, right, we don't want to be playing, yeah, let's, yeah. let's just go for it. And he did. And Ramsdale made that save from Diaz, didn't he? And then yeah. Liverpool get the breakthrough with the own goal and then that counter-attack is just Liverpool at, at their best. You know, when they kind of move from defence to attack when the spaces open up they're as good as anyone in world football and, and that's um, has done the job on Arsenal and, and they go to the fourth round and it's all just starting to feel a little bit like 2022 for me where everything's still in play and Liverpool are winning big games and the atmosphere is coming back to feel good factors yeah. there and if Liverpool can get two or three back from injury or, or maybe even you know if he's have a bit of a shocker or, or Japan which I don't think Japan will but Egypt perhaps <clears throat> um you're suddenly looking at it thinking, what is possible? Because the Europa League doesn't resume until March. Um, Liverpool will know by the next couple of weeks if they've got a final to play for at the end of February. So um, it's all starting to develop into a massively encouraging season. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, I want to talk about some of the bigger performances in a minute. But again, another shout for Brian Gravenberch. I thought when he came on, made a really positive difference. Obviously won the free kick that the, the goal came from. Quanta again... I mean, for a young lad yeah. playing his first real season of first team football at Liverpool at the highest level, I mean, it, I know he, he had that one thing where he, he sort of seemed to hurt himself and lost the ball, but in general, barely puts a foot wrong. Is playing as about as well as you, you'd expect from it from a, a young centre half like that. Connor Bradley came off the bench, was excellent. I mean, you could go through them, can't you, Doyle? It, it, it really felt just like in twenty twenty two. It feels like a squad thing. Everyone is really chipping in at the moment. Uh, what I thought was quite funny, actually, you've just mentioned that. I don't actually think Graham Birch was particularly brilliant again. But, but he made a positive what I was going to say, what I was going to say is that he won the free kick, didn't he, for the first goal from Odegaard. Mm-hmm. Was it him that won the ball or moved it, it on, back. moved it on for the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so he makes a contribution, which even if you're not playing at your best and you're still able to do that, then that's obviously a very good thing. Quanta, 
first half was a bit of a struggle for him. Yeah. First half was a struggle. And you got to bear in mind, I think it was his 11th or 12th start as a senior. Well, for at that level, because obviously he played last season at Bristol Rovers, wasn't he? Yeah, Bristol Rovers, second half of last season, I should say. And he's actually, he's obviously taken quite a lot from that. Because uh, he's one, the, the best thing you can have as a youngster is you learn on the job. Basically, it's like any any kind of profession, you know, here as well. You know, you, you can talk about it, all this, that, and the other, and you can do all the kind of practice. But until you're actually out there doing it in an FA Cup third-round game at Arsenal, you know, in that kind of, okay, it's not the most volatile atmosphere. But it was still loud. There's still 60,000 people there, and, and a lot of them are going to be, you know, what was it, 50, 53,000 are going to want you to make a mistake. And Arsenal obviously had a bit to prove given the results that have gone for them recently where they've lost a couple of games. There was at Fulham and West Ham. So... They started very strongly. And, of course, there's no Van Dijk. That's the other thing as well. So Quantas yeah. alongside Canate. I'm sure we'll get on to him in a bit. But he learned from it. Second half, it didn't look like a player who was only making his 11th or 12th start. He was somebody who he showed that he's can learn from that, take on the lessons in such a short space of time. And even when he's... He's never really had a bad game, has he, since he's no, come in? He's, no, had, come in. he's had difficult moments yeah. like he had in the first half um, where Arsenal pressed him really, really... They pressed really, really high on Liverpool in the first half and Liverpool couldn't quite, as you mentioned before, get to grips with it because the formation wasn't quite yeah. right or the, the players weren't in the places that, that, that would benefit them benefit them more. But you mentioned Conor Bradley. He was very good when he came on, wasn't he? It, when you funny. consider he was up against, he was up against Martinelli yeah. as well. Where I know you've got a bit of a thing about when they're picking on Trent. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But he, he matched Martinelli's energy, didn't he? Yeah. I think when he came and he made on. a few, he made a few good interceptions with with headers. And what was interesting about them is that there was one he put behind for a corner, but the other two or three, he just headed them into the path mm-hmm. of an attacking Liverpool player to get Liverpool on the attack from that. It's one thing to defend. It's another thing in the defensive motion to then put your team on the attack. He's always front-footed, which is obviously, that's the kind of fullback that Liverpool have kind of bred under Jurgen Klopp through the academy. Um, (laughs) And then Bobby Clark comes on and and fouls Declan Rice, which I thought was incredibly funny. Yeah, well, played his part, didn't he? Trent, obviously, I've got a bit of a beer in my bonnet um, from yesterday. I I know you've had a bee stuck in your bonnet most of the season with with Trent Gorsty. I mean... I just thought he was central to everything great Liverpool did yesterday. Has been now. I mean, certainly in the past. I think it was around October we did sort of a season so far, and I, and I said I thought he'd been quite quiet, not in a bad way, but but just not really grabbing the headlines as much as he did last season. He, he seemed to be less sort of getting the, the the big assists, but in the last sort of six weeks or so, he's really come to the fore. And I thought last night he, he was brilliant. Um, what did you make of him and what do you make about the com- the conversation surrounding him? Yeah, well, I didn't hear what, what got said at the time, obviously, but I listened to it back just before we come on with, with Keown and Murphy and, and Lineker. And it wasn't quite as negative as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> as but, I made out. <laughs> no, not, not just you. I've seen a few people on, on Twitter when we, we were on our way back. But I just, I just think this idea of, oh, why is he still a right back and whatever else? I mean, I'm sure I've said on the pod it might even be time to try him in a in a midfield role. But just wherever he plays, he's always going to be influential. And I think he sees himself as a midfielder for England. But at Liverpool, he's happy just to to play wherever Klopp wants him because he knows the plan is to service him with the ball and and let him kind of do the damage against the opposition. I, I thought he was superb. Um, that one, the first half, where he he takes it with his with his kind of chest to yeah. his own goal. Yeah. Dribbles past Reece Nelson and then Kai Havertz and then plays yeah. the ball up the line with his right. left foot, which Diaz probably should have done a bit better with and could have been a counter-attack. You know, 
99% of defenders would have just smashed that with the right foot away, out for the throw-in, regroup and, and go again. But he's just so remarkably calm and composed. And it speaks to his own faith in, in his own ability, really, that he's, he's willing to take it in tight areas like that, dangerous areas. And we've seen it when he drifts into midfield as well. He's always happy to to have the ball, take it wherever it is. And he's confident enough that he thinks, I can play a pass from here and we can get up the pitch and... and um, Try to put the other team on the back foot. I thought it was superb. Um, obviously, Martinelli got round them twice when he come on. But you know, Martinelli's a Brazil international. He's, he's getting thrown on after an hour. It's going to happen now and again, isn't it? Um, Full-backs. My, my issue with the, the post-match stuff, which I tweeted at the time, was, it, you know, Liverpool had just won, I thought, done a good job on Arsenal, certainly in the second half. And the conversation immediately turned to Trent. And rather than just fulsome praise of what performance, what a player who is, yeah, playing from right back, but but playing in in such a way at the moment that he's, he's central to everything Liverpool are doing. Yeah, to, to, to on, what should be his best position? And I was thinking, but but his best position for Liverpool is the one he's playing right now. Because, good, yeah. yeah, because, and for me, it's like, it's like Thierry Omri used to play from the left and come in. And no one would say you need to play more centrally because that worked for him and his style. And I think at Liverpool, the way Trent plays, it works to have him at right back, moving into central areas, and and giving Liverpool those those two sorts of dangers. And, and Liverpool can can attack really from anywhere. He can play it long, like he did against Arsenal the other week. He can play it short. He can now dribble with it a lot more than yeah. we've seen him do. So I don't understand why. And then immediately here's a clip of him getting beat by by an attacker, as if as if any other fullback this doesn't happen to. I mean, if if you did, if we watch the next game that's on TV together and just watch one fullback, we'd see them get beaten two or three times because that's what happens. You can't, there aren't players that never get beaten. So it, it's just, it's just a weird thing about Trent. Sorry, Doyle. You know, because you know, what's interesting about that is the perception and we're, we're guilty, not guilty, but we're part of this as well. Yeah. In the sense of there's people who won't see in the game. Right. There'll be some people who won't see in the game and they rely on us to, to, you know, comment on it. And, as we've mentioned quite a few times, I do them, but majority do the, play, the sorry, the player mostly ratings. do the player yeah. ratings. Yes. <laughs> now, my point I'm making is that obviously we don't get the commentary from the no. game. We just we see as it is. And I gave Trent an eight and almost gave him a nine. Yeah, I thought, yeah. well, he was quite clearly one of the best players. It was him, Alisson and Canati. And Canati got the nine for the, yeah. for the man of the match because I thought he was just a little bit of a level above the other two. And then, you mentioned all that stuff about, obviously, I haven't even actually seen the stuff that Keown yeah. and Murphy... It was, was she, was she, did Shearer say anything yeah. as well? No, he, was, he wasn't. He was, he was in the... Yeah, because he was yeah. doing the commentary on the game itself as so it was going along. Mm-hmm. And I did get a few messages off people saying, like, what game are these people watching? And this morning, I'd look on the BBC website, and they do their player thing mm-hmm. where it's got the ratings. And Trent was, like, massively the lowest player on Liverpool, like a full point off everything. He had something like 5.3 or something like that. And I'm thinking, these are people who are only going off what those people, the other pundits are saying yeah. at the end of the game, rather than just watching it for themselves. And they're influenced by that. And, yeah. you know, that goes back to what you were saying about Trent and that how come he has to put up with all of this when, you know, all these other, you know, Ben White passed him a few times. The Joe Gomez made a mistake. He passed it straight to, to, to them. He lost the ball in the first half. Uh, he played left back for for yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, well, he scored. Yeah, <laughs> he literally yeah, scored in his own yeah, net, yeah. Yeah, and he got less criticism. There's a narrative around Trent that just will not go away, and, and it doesn't matter how good he is around the other end. I mean, look at the, the month Kieran Trippier has had. I was just it's about to mention Trippier. I would say that he has. He has. He's had. He has had the criticism to be fair. He has over the past. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. But I don't think now. 
Will we will we analyse every time Trippier defends? Will we analyse the way he defends for every game? The thing you don't in the last sixteen games, Newcastle yeah. dating back to the start of November. So we had their arguments at Bournemouth with the fan, and he was he was wholly responsible for it under Everton when they crumbled last season. Was he responsible for at least two of the three, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. Maybe even the third. Look, I mean, Trippier is, Trippier is like thirty odd though, isn't he? So he's kind of he possibly. He did his growing up at Burnley. It was Burnley, wasn't yeah, it? Started, yeah. He's yeah. a, he's a good, good, good just, player. It's just the, the the disparity in the kind of critique around respective games. Well, maybe in some, both, maybe both in international, are both right backs. Maybe in some ways, it's a compliment because yeah. you think certain players. You know, it's almost like you want it to be the perfect player. There is no yeah. such thing. And, and even think, Messi makes mis- made mistakes. Yeah, and I think it's a compliment because Trent's ability with the ball and at the other end of the pitch is such that. That you, you that they almost want to have a conversation around him every game, and but I just find at some point, you know, why are we talking after an FA Cup game about where he should play for England? You know, what? Why are they not concentrating on just the influence he has at Liverpool from right back? I think it's incredible. You, we've not really seen this from a right back, really ever have we maybe seen? that's the whole point then maybe it is maybe it is by the way if you are watching along um on facebook or youtube and you want to send us a question our, our producer ian will send them to me and we can um, we can chat around them but yeah i did think that that trent conversation was was quite extraordinary after the game but someone tweeted me in response um to me tweeting that saying um you defend as a unit, and, and of course... Yeah, it's a systemic thing. Yeah. Exactly. And, and a couple of times, Klopp always says it, doesn't he? Gomez said it, didn't he, today in, yeah. in the, in the mix-zone quotes that, that you'd spoken to him yesterday. Um, and of course, the two times he did get beat by Martinelli near the end of the game, who came across, Canate, he was brilliant, wasn't he? And, and was that, I think it was probably his best performance of the season so far. Yeah, if, if not that, it was, it was against Arsenal again the other week, wasn't yeah, it? True. I just think... He's he just needs rhythm and momentum and all that kind of stuff and and you always hear Klopp mentioning that and when players do get it do find it you, you see what he means when he says it because yeah. Endo is a perfect example of it once these players start playing regularly they start showing what he can do as opposed to little twenty minute cameos either there or coming in cold after a couple of weeks out Jones is, is another one to be yeah. fair you know once you start getting that run and Karate you know. Spoke to Van Dijk in, after one of the games recently, and, and he said about Canate is he's better than I was at 24. He's got all the tools in the world. He's got all the tools to be one of the best defenders in the world. And I think sort of two years ago, we were looking at it thinking, well, he's one of the best young defenders under the age of 23 in, in Europe as Liverpool went to the Champions League final. And, and since then, he hasn't really kicked on and pushed on. But I think now, with Matt about for the season, he knows that if he stays fit, he's going to be playing alongside Van Dijk more often than not. And he's had a really good sort of, what, five or six weeks. Uh, and that was just, he just has to build on it because he's yeah. got absolutely everything, hasn't he? Um, just treated Martinelli like a ragdoll the yeah. last night and the other week at Anfield, to be fair. He just covers that ground so well when, when Trent kind of vacates the space looking for the ball and... He's, um, he's got everything for me. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centres or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I mean, there's two things I think that 
that take you to a Van Dyke level. Um, and that's the confidence Van Dyke is like. I've never seen a man more confident in himself in my life. You know, just when you see him close up, he, yeah. he just carries himself, doesn't he? The way, the way he walks around. And then just staying injury-free, I think, will be massive for Canate. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? It's like, it's been interesting that Klopp's had a, I wouldn't say a run-in, but he's had, he had one or two comments to make about the way France have treated yeah, him. Yeah. I think it was earlier this season, yeah. with Deschamps, um, where he played all, all by three minutes and then came back and Klopp was instantly not playing him in some games. So they obviously know that he's got... If, if not a fitness issue, then certainly they very keen to manage his minutes to get the best out of him. But he can't keep on doing that forever. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 24 now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 24. So he's, May, yeah. so he's kind of reaching that age where, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Virgil van Dijk said that he wasn't as good as, as Canati was at that age. But the next couple of years is when he has to make, make that step yeah. up because when you get to 27 as a defender, then you are looking at... The only thing you're adding on top of that is experience. That's the experience of coming up against different types of strikers, the strikers, strikers, strikers. different types of strikers, and uh, and and learning to deal with them. And that's you only get through games. And you play games by being fit. So it's a bit of you know, it's, it's one of those circles, virtuous circle, I think, is the the, yeah. the phrase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, thank God I'm a journalist. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that, and I think that's his next step. Is basically you can be the best player in the world. And we've said this so many times about other players that, but if you're not fit, you this will be as good as I am. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's I think always been Kanata's biggest problem is that you get a little spell and then he goes out. You get a little spell. Yeah, and also and, matter being informed. Yes, well. true, true. Yeah. But but I think. You know, I look at other you know, Saliba, for example, is a player. I think Saliba is, is a very good player, but we don't. Kanate doesn't get talked about at those heights because I don't think he's had the run that those players had, and, and I think he just needs to try and. Do, get do you think? Sorry, do you think that's part of the reason? Sorry, why he's done so well against Arsenal? He's made a point of it because he's been up against Saliba. No, I don't think so. I think just in opposition suit, you know, the, um, particularly with Martinelli coming in, coming in off that that side, and he can cover the ground with his pace and his. His physicality, really. Um, just think, he he seems to, to match up well, and Gabriel Jesus as well. You know, where yeah. he just just absolutely dominates him, doesn't he? When yeah. we've seen those games last season and then the other week, and yeah. obviously he didn't play the other day. But been interesting to see if he's back for the uh, the Premier League game in a few weeks. Yeah, you you mentioned it before, Doyle Nunes moving to the left. Do, do you think every single time I see Nunes <clears throat> from the left? I really like him. Yeah, I think I he causes chaos. He is his running makes a real difference. The, the great thing about Nunes is he doesn't let his head drop, does he? You can miss two or three chances and he still wants the ball. He still picks it up and runs with it. And I thought last night he made a really positive difference from that position. Is that somewhere you think that with Jota back, Salah away, is that somewhere that Klopp could put him? Because Diaz almost seems to always play, doesn't he, when he's fit from that position? I mean, it is that, but there's also if you're defending as a unit you attack as a unit as well and I think what was interesting that well everybody watched this spotted it in the first half Liverpool were playing all these diagonals to the left wing where Diaz and Nunes was drifting over and they were getting nothing out of Saliba and and, and Gabriel so they moved Diaz over there Nunes goes here Gakpo and then Jota offer something different where they're not hitting the balls up there because they know they're probably not going to win them And it, the whole thing changes. It's not just when putting Nunes on the left that makes the difference. It's the fact that everybody else moves around him mm-hmm. and that helps him out. And I think um, he's, he's got the skill set to play there, hasn't he? He played yeah. there for Benfica. Yeah. He scored a lot of his goals coming in off that off that wing. And he's played there before for Liverpool last year. He played, was it a... a um, he taught me had a good game. There. He actually had a really good cameo in the 1-0 home win against City last year. He came off the bench 
Oh, and he, had that, he did that miss, didn't and he? He did yeah, that, he that miss, but in yeah. general, he just ran them ragged, I thought. But then he's always got that in him, and I think yeah. he, it didn't help him in the first half that Liverpool was so indifferent going forward. I know Trent hit the bar, and you mentioned about Diaz should have done a little bit better when he got into a bit of space. I think Elliot had one or two runs where he could have crossed it in, didn't actually you know, get the ball in that he actually wanted to, to deliver. But once you start getting the ball to him, he's able to do something. Yeah. And the last thing, one thing that did happen when he first started, he, he would often just drop deep going off looking for the ball. Yeah. And you just like, felt like saying to him, go away. Yeah. Just like, go play, stay up, play, stay up there, the stay up there. Yeah. Do, do, just go up there. We'll sort this out eventually. You just go up there and just wait for us to get the ball to you. I think he's been a bit more patient in that regard. And I, I long gone of the days where we thought, is he, good, is he good enough to play for Liverpool? I mean, that yeah, he's only scored the one goal in what, 14, 15 games now. Got the goal against, Bur- against yeah. Burnley. That that won't help, but everybody else is scoring goals and yeah. he's still yeah. playing a part. He played a part in the uh, in the second goal, didn't he? And also, for the first goal, it was he was the one that was one of the ones that was nearest to the ball where I, I thought they were worried. Like, I actually yeah. thought it was Diaz who'd yeah, scored it. But first. Diaz sort of seemed to celebrate mm. it. I think, like you say, I think the way Liverpool work as a team, it, it doesn't really matter. Nunes doesn't score a single goal the rest of the season. Massive. If, it's, if it's, he sets something. Going win, win, yeah. win things, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think going forward, I, I thought that the way Klopp changed it yesterday is, is giving them a real blueprint now for, for life without Mo Salah for the next few weeks. Diaz yeah. out on the right. Yeah. Nunes on the left. And then, you know, Tosh going between Jota and Gakpo. Jota was that. very good, by the way, when he came I think on yesterday. Three, three games in a row. Yeah. I made an impact them. I don't know whether they're just easing them back because he hasn't played for a month, but um, he'd be my start, starter down the middle now for the next yeah. few weeks. Um, just offers just such a threat, doesn't he? You know, yeah. in and around the box, um, a real predator. Yeah. Thing is, the Klopp said, didn't he, before the game? He said we have to try something different now that that Salah's gone. Yeah. And if Liverpool can't quite work out what they're meant to be doing. The opposition aren't going to know either because they've always known that whatever Liverpool did with the front three, Salah was always going to be on the right. Mm-hmm. So they always knew that. But now maybe Diaz can go there for a couple of games. Maybe Harvey can go there for a couple of games. Maybe Jota can go there. Maybe they could play 4-2. I mean, that was a debate in the in the press room before the game whether they were going to go to 4-2-3-1. We thought they might have done that. Well, they didn't, obviously. But you know, they, did, they do have that option. And that's before we even... Going back to Trent. I think Trent might... ended up playing in midfield, didn't he? Curtis played in midfield. Yeah, yeah. I think he might even try as a boss like there if he was fit. You gave him a goal there against Bournemouth in the cup, didn't he? Yeah. So there are there are the options. I'll just read out some some listener comments before we continue. Um, I'm sorry if I do butcher your name. Gemini Makuti on Facebook says, "High time to stop listening to pundits as they lose focus." In reference to Trent, yeah. I do think some of the discussion around Trent's pundits. Do, do, do we count as pundits? Are we pundits? No, we're who don't watch watch Liverpool that yeah. often often have a, a very lazy conversation about Trent. I, I think it's yeah. it happens. All, and and Gary Lineker is someone who I really respect. Gary Lineker talks about loves Trent. I mean, if you watch, if you look at Twitter during any Liverpool game, Gary Lineker mm-hmm. quite often tweets about what a player he thinks he is. But I did find it very odd last night. Uh, Mark Davis on YouTube says some pa- fantastic performance, even with Alcaraz and Van Dyke. It was insane. I'd agree. I mean, Arsenal. I know they've had a drop off, but they won two 0 at Arsenal in the FA Cup third round. Yeah. First time they've won at Arsenal yeah. in the FA Cup for nearly sixty years. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they, Arsenal until the last couple of weeks, we were talking about them as if they were, you know, title title winners in in waiting and, and, yeah. and a very very good team, and they are a very good team. So I thought it was a and crucially as well. It's a, it's a major rival for that trophy out. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Because yeah. you don't need really. I mean, we were talking about on the way back. The thing is, only one tie that you'd fear now if you're Liverpool and you don't want to get Manchester City away. But other than that, yeah. bring hang on, hang on. No, no, yeah. no, I just added, don't want to play Everton. Don't want to play Newcastle. You don't want your. I United. don't mind anyone at home. Yeah, Man City away, I think it's tough. But a bit of Man City will get. City will get. Don't remember Bruno de What was his name? The Bruno de Grady. Yeah, Bruno de Grady. God, that's a good memory. Fair play. Can't and remember then, any others. Yeah, and their manager, he was on crutches, wasn't he? He was, he was yeah. yeah. Never got that injury. Truly cut short. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and your boy, uh, Bamadel, on Facebook said, Liverpool were magic. In fact, they were terrible. A team like Aston Villa would have had them in pieces yesterday. <laughs> so, um, fair play. I mean, is, this, is this you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's hard to play some fans. Our Everton sporting producer under a, yeah. an alias there. <laughs> and then Steve Hyde on Facebook said, need to strengthen in January, defender and a midfielder. I still don't a mid- think a midfielder who a work were midfielder were. I st- I still think there is an argument to say that if you're planning Endo's thirty, um, and if you're planning long term for defensive midfield, then if if an opportunity arises, you should take it in January, like they Do did with Diaz, like they did. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about this actually. I, I made the point on Friday and, and Friday's part about. It just feels like there's an opportunity you now for Liverpool this month to kind of bring forward the summer plans and really go for it because things have opened up, which weren't necessarily realistic a few months back. But then I totally forgot about Pesetic. Mm-hmm. You know, Endo being there as a kind of surprise hit, shall we say. You know, we, he could play there for another year or two and, and Pesetic just continues his development. And he come on leaps and bounds yeah. from, from August to, you know, March when he, when he finally got that injury. Um, if he carries on at that sort of progress level... He, he could be a, a serious option for years. My, my only thing with Bissette is it's a big if, isn't it? You know, we've only really seen six months of him first yeah. team. He played nearly 20 very... games last season, yeah. and at times he was Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. if is, the if is a, he hasn't played since, yeah. but played, what, two yeah. games yeah. since March? So that's True. that's the big if, is whether how fit he is. And if you, going back to what my little outburst there was saying were, it's also based on the fact that not so much where in midfield can you strengthen in January, but where are you going to get this player from? Oh, where, where you get the player from is, is always difficult, but this is where Liverpool, who plan windows ahead... Or, or but don't forget, the, the, the last two were a Porto player and a PSV player, mm-hmm. and Liverpool were both times still in the Champions League. And I know these, these things... For, for, it's a bit different. We look at it from a different point of view, yeah. but somebody else will think... I think we think Liverpool are going to get into the Champions League next year. Yeah. But... <laughs> Liverpool also going for the title. They're still in all the other competitions. It's not quite the same as in 2022, where they were right up there, because this is still a team that's trying to prove themselves. Yeah. And in 2023, they were slightly all over the place. And there was a whole post-World Cup. I think that window was different, because I think a lot of players moved, more players moved than we would might have expected, because a lot of players want to wait to after a World Cup before they start moving. Well, centre-back, I'd, I'd still... I mean, I'd quite have been hugely impressive, but... I look at Matip and think, well, he's out of contract in the summer, injured. Be interested to see if they give him another new deal, but I still think so. Half long term, yeah, I think sense, yeah. And, and it kind of goes back to the point I was saying, you know, we don't make a signing just purely for a stopgap signing, and then you, you're left with a player who you don't really need. I think if you're going to bring someone in, it's going to be for the next five years as opposed to five months, which is what Klopp. Says a lot to be fair, but um, yeah, certainly a, a matter of replacements you, you're looking at. And, yeah, you know, they're gonna have to bring someone in, are they? Yeah. You know, might, might sound harsh on Joel Matter, who's been an incredible player and serving for Liverpool for what eight years now, but he's got that ACL injury, he's out of contract, he's going to be 33 in August, I think. Yeah. So, um, 
it's not looking particularly promising for his long-term prospects and maybe you have to be ruthless at times. I mean, just just look at the numbers, you'd have to say, because of the two players who are senior players who are going, it's a midfielder and a centre-back in the in the summer, but not somebody who's going to threaten Quantz's place, as it were. Somebody's going to compete with compete. him rather than somebody's going yeah, to you go ahead to, you know, ahead of him directly. That's fair. Um, how big a marker do you think Gorsi this sends for the rest of the sort this month as well, feels quite crucial. I know there's a little break in there, but yeah. with the with the semi-finals, then a, another trip to Arsenal at the end of the month, how much with Chelsea, tough tough trip to, to Bournemouth. I mean, even though it was a different competition, it feels like Liverpool have made a bit of a statement there. Yeah, I mean Klopp got asked about that, didn't he, in the in the press conference. Someone asked him, you know, what, what does this say about the title chances and he he dismissed it, but it, it says a little bit, you know, um the Liverpool um, are a serious team again, I yeah, guess. You yeah, know, yeah. you don't just go to Arsenal and win, uh, keep them at bay and, and go on without being a really top side, particularly when you're leading the Premier League by three points and you've got a semi-final to come in another cup competition and, and your favourites for the Europa League. So, yeah, um, it's um, it was a statement victory, I thought, not necessarily just for the cup, I think just for everything around it, just yeah. to provide a bit more impetus and momentum for a season that is really gathering both at the moment. Um, yeah, and it is a big month, isn't it? I think, I think the break's going to be huge. I think the avoidance of a replay was massive because it means Liverpool are going to get a winter break now for, for the players and the um, and the backroom staff. I think someone was saying yesterday that Arsenal are going to... Dubai, isn't it? Or Dubai, yeah. 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 I, I wouldn't so be surprised if they've got... Yeah, yeah. I think it's Abu Dhabi, isn't it? I wouldn't be surprised if they've got something similar lined up. We haven't heard anything as of yet, but they tend to go to... Klopp did say that they, they, they weren't, Mar- they weren't yeah. um, in a replay that they would be doing something. Yeah, so, I mean, they've been to Marbella in the past, haven't they? Or um, what's that one that England used to go to? La Manga. La Manga, yeah. yeah. They've yeah. been there a few times. I think of Paul Dickoff and Leicester. Was, that was them that had the big... But the fire extinguisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's those types of stories, don't you? Yeah, yeah. 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 You're calling for players to be more really and, mis- <laughs> and mis- misbehave more, set more of a bad example to the youngsters. More Is that basically what you're just saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I, I think Liverpool will do something like that now that you don't have the prospect of a replay, and um, I think the results tend to um, to improve. You know, yeah. when they do that, sometimes it's more of a training camp. Sometimes it's more of a relaxed family yeah. environment, and. I think it'll be on Klopp to see which one he chooses for for this one at such an important time. You're not worried that the break will ruin the rhythm? This has happened in the past. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm I'm particularly worried about that. I think I think they've got so many games that the, the rhythm should be okay. Do, just you know, yeah. getting a few days off just yeah. to rest a few. Yeah. Zabar's lying. Yeah, get a couple back fit, you know, <laughs> um, and and with the the two legs of the the, the semi final either side of it. I don't think it's too bad because um, if they weren't playing the semi-final then you'd have a real break when you're in and that's when I'd probably a bit, be a bit more worried. So um, I know you've you've went into the season very much saying season of transition. Um, I don't always really believe in seasons of transitions but what what do you make of it now? Are you, are you, um, you still think that it's a transitional season or are you... Well, at the start of the season... Why are you smiling? I don't know. Just... At the start of the season, I said they'd finish fifth, which yeah. I thought would be good because I thought that the top five would That's get into the Champions League. Proper doily prediction. Fifth, oh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. The, I did explain it, right? But then very, very, very early on in the season, you just went, well, hang on a minute. They're obviously, because there was the great unknown, wasn't there, of what the midfield was going to be like. Yeah. But then you saw what some of the performances were like, winning against Bournemouth with 10 men, winning against... Um, 
Newcastle with 10 men, having been 1-0 down. Mm-hmm. Um, even the, we were talking about on the way home, when we the draw at Chelsea on the opening day of the season was a massive result. So imagine if they'd have lost that. Yeah. changes the mood of it. So those three games were very, very important. So And then they beat Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. So, and we've seen how good Aston Convinced Villa have been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they caught them at a good time, to be fair. Um, that sets up the rest of the season, that is. Totally. That's absolutely set up the rest of the season. So that's why... By the end of by the end of August, I was always already thinking, well, they've got to finish higher than fifth. And the other teams have had a bit of struggles, but it's still Man City in it for the league. And City, the team you got to keep an eye. Yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah. talking about what you mentioned before about uh, what Burns is having the title race, the game against Arsenal. I don't necessarily think we learned anything new from it. It basically exposed Arsenal's problem, which is scoring goals and getting at the end of all those chances, which has been Arsenal's problem for a very long time, with the exception of three quarters of last season towards the end it became a bit of an issue again which is why they fell away a little bit but Liverpool it's this season we've seen as we've just explained for those first few games they just don't give up they kind of got yeah. that mentality back and you know Klopp says mentality monsters this that and the other but it's more than just that it's the fact that they believe in themselves that they can get something out of it which is why at the end of the game they threw on those youngsters, Conor Bradley and, and, and Bobby Clark. And yeah. while you know, obviously the joke was, oh, he's throwing them on to try and lose the game. Yeah. By then, they weren't thinking like that. They were thinking, as they were all the way th- through the game, by that point, they were thinking, we can win this. Yeah. And that's, that's the approach that they took. And I think that's what people will have learned. If you're City watching that, you'll have looked and gone, oh, these aren't going away anytime soon. And I think that's the one thing that we've learned from that game is that even if Liverpool lose to Arsenal, in the net, in the, when they play them a couple, which is very, very, it could that could yeah. easily happen. Yeah. That that's not going to derail the rest of the season. I think what what's what's incredible about Liverpool is that they can play at such a high tempo, such a high pressing tempo, and and play right through to the ninety first, second, third, fourth, yeah. whatever whatever is added on, and and they also have a squad of players like Conor Bradley who are just so well-versed in those types of tactics that they can come on and carry it on. And and you can see from Arsenal, who pressed very well in the first half, but once Liverpool made some adjustments, couldn't keep that up. You know, we've seen Tottenham this season fall away quite significantly at times because they, they just can't keep the tempo up. And I think Liverpool and City are the only two teams that have really shown that they can keep those sorts of performance levels for that long. Yeah, and it's it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? That's why sometimes you end up with a few more muscle injuries than you'd like, but then you've got to got to push the players as hard as you can to be able to to withstand that you know that type of football. I can't remember the exact number now, but Liverpool scored so many goals after the seventy fifth minute. This I think it was twenty seven, was it? It's already more than the whole of last season, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and and it, it just that just tells you that this is a team who just just go to the yeah. final whistle. You know, even when you know games that have already been won, they're still pushing on. So many games earlier on the season when they seem to be winning three one every week. Scored sort of like characterised by going for the fourth in stoppage time or you know flying forward. Um, that um, that kind of gives players a belief that tight games that are nil nil heading into the last ten minutes or whatever that they can go and win it, yeah. and it gives the, the supporters belief as well. And if the other team are aware of it, it might just sort of creep into their thinking as well that you know they, these get late goals here. So that's a, it's an important tools to have, I suppose. Yeah, I always think with title challenges and, and cup challenges, it's it's not, unless you're a Man City or like Barcelona at their peak, you know, one of these powerhouse teams that sort of just operate at that level. It's a momentum thing, isn't it? And I think with Liverpool, especially this season and, and, and in previous years under Klopp, 
they've built themselves into it. You know, it's like Leicester. Leicester didn't go into it on the back of a five-year plan. They built momentum and they took advantage of other teams not being at their peak. And and I think that's what Liverpool have done this year so far. They've, they've exposed teams like Arsenal who don't seem quite ready and, and took advantage of a, of a poor first half of the season from City. Whether still expect City to put it together in the second half, but they've set themselves up quite nicely. Um, moving on, just... Once Dead quickly mentioned Jordan Henderson, just because I can't help myself really, but um, Gorsty coming back potentially to, to to England and to the Premier League after six months, it just seems a remarkable a remarkable turnaround for um, after the the controversial nature of his transfer to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I mean the first thing to say is he's not coming back to Liverpool, is he? No, you know, Ian no. Klopp got asked about it yesterday in more general terms about yeah. him returning, and he said that Henderson held the press conference to say this. If he hasn't, then it's just speculation. But we know, you know, the people reporting the, these things, it will be very true that Henderson is seeking a return. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he's been apparently disgruntled at the, the lack of crowds, the level of the game, the level of the football in Saudi Arabia and, and the climate. And, you no, know, I think every single person could have told him that, <laughs> that that's what was awaiting him when he he, he made, the, made the move. And... For me, yeah, it's just it's just a, a sad end to his Liverpool career. Just you know, handled so ham-fistedly, just kind of shepherded out the back door when he should have been leaving in the same way Milner left, the same way, same way Naby Keita left. You know, getting yeah. a guard of honour. Yeah, and Anfield for that Aston Villa game um, could have even had a testimonial for him and, and all that kind of stuff. Just a sad end, but uh, Liverpool have moved on and. There's absolutely no surprise from my end that it hasn't worked out. Um, Incredible, really. And in fact, you know, there was a kind of wrinkle in of detail in Daily Mail's piece that he's going to owe X amount of money in tax if he cut short to stay because the contract was only tax-free if he stayed for yeah. two years or yeah. something, wasn't it? So if he actually owed him money on, on this comeback, it's just an almighty error of judgment from him and his camp and... Uh, you know, we'll see where he pitches up next. But I, you know, speaking to people yesterday, Doyle, we got the impression that um, only from a kind of outsider looking in point of view that you know, Atifak under absolutely you no know, obligation to to agree to it. So um, he could even stay there for the season. But we'll see. I, I imagine he might come back somewhere on loan. So maybe a little bit further down the pecking order, and um, he'll maybe he'll just try to forget that this sorry nonsense ever happened. An incredible fall from grace really and I think just a move that really didn't need to happen and badly advised and, and badly thought out really all round before before we move on to picking our teams dead quickly Doyle I'll ask you you've watched a lot of youth games you'll have seen him someone's asked how good is Bobby Clark oh yeah I really like him yeah he's definitely he, he carries on the way he's going he's been a bit unlucky this season because he got injured at the exact yeah. time he would have been playing in the League Cup do you think he would have got out alone or would have no, God, no, no he would have been playing in the, the League Cup and Europa League yeah. yeah he really really likes him yeah, yeah. so he just got thrown on in a in an FA Cup game where it was nil nil, and he ended up making a positive difference. And you know, he, he obviously his dad played, didn't he? Yeah. So he he already learned a little bit about uh, game management, should yeah. we say, from his, from his father. So uh, I, I think it's uh, yeah, I think he's somebody who, in the next eighteen months, if he's not playing semi regularly for Liverpool, I will be surprised. Oh, that's quite um, that's quite a big prediction considering the squad that they've got. That's what I get paid the small money for to make these predictions. <laughs> right. Well, predict your team then for um, for Wednesday night, and um, 
contrasting views over who the goalkeeper is going to be or who the goalkeeper should be. Um, I don't want on this Gallagher nonsense. I want to see Alison Becker in goal because he's the world's best goalkeeper and he's trying to win a trophy. And I kind of made peace with it two years ago, but yeah. I think maybe my opinion of Gallagher was higher then than, than maybe it is now. And I don't think he's a bad keeper by any stretch, but you've got the uh, the absolute best uh, to choose from. So Alison Becker is my goalkeeper. So you're going Gallagher. Yeah. I. I'm not. I love the League Cup. If you have no, but I, I'm going to choose Callahan just because he needs to play. I think I, I want like, to put I, trust I, in him in big I games. I think it's a. I think it's a. I think it's an interesting game because he played in the league against Fulham and had a bad game, and they still won. Mm. And that, now we can actually genuinely judge him by yeah. the same opponents a few weeks later. I don't want to have to judge him. Like I've seen him. Well, you're going to have to. He's going to play. Sorry. I got the I got the, the thinking process of playing him in these games to keep him happy, to yeah. keep him as the reserve as yeah. the understudy two years ago. Yeah. Now I just feel like it's there for Liverpool to go and win, play your best your best goalkeeper. Because yeah. it's not a position where it's not a central midfielder where you you're worried about pulling up with a yeah. with fatigue or muscle injury. You know, goalkeepers goalkeepers aren't he? Allison. Yeah. Bye, Alison. I tell your point. Um, I'm still going to pick Callagher. <laughs> but thanks for thanks for, for giving, yeah. giving you some. What's your back for, Doily? Uh, okay, all right. The, the focus I'm is on you. Think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to make too. I mean, I don't think we can make too many changes, no, can no. we? Um, Van Dijk, if he's shaking off the illness, should come back in. Um, I'm not surprised how many times footballers get ill. Because yeah. I don't think I missed a day at work, mm-hmm. working at the Echo with an illness. So, uh, I don't know, but if you've got a very heavy cold, though, you don't want to leg around, do you? Can't, don't blame them for that. <laughs> Maybe not, though. But, um, um, yeah. but yeah, Van Dyke... Wait till, wait till all goes to nursery. Then you'll, well, you'll be saying yeah. you'll, be, you'll be very different then. Crying, yeah. um, Trent, Joe Gomez is going to have to stay at left-back, isn't he? And, uh, yeah, keeping Karate in to build on his uh, good form. So so just Quanta out for Van Dyke. Van Dijk, yeah. Yeah. If Van Dyke's fit, I'd play Van Dyke and Quanta. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with you all back four. Connor Bradley was almost. If there wasn't a break after this, I would be tempted. Yes, to yes. Pass. yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah. That, that's the that's the big plus yeah. point for Liverpool, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So go on. Can I ask you, your midfielder? You're going to point it in. Yeah, there we go. Go on. <laughs> I mean, it's there's not many options it, again, is there? Mm. Bobby Clark has maybe put himself in in the in the frame, but um, yeah, we're going to have to go to the well again with um, McAllister, Jones, um, and Elliot. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, I I, I concur. Yeah. And, I, and up front, before you ask me, I will go with Nunes on the left, Diaz on the right, and I'm going to start Jota down the middle. Yeah, I would. That'd that would be mine. Yeah, and that I would be mine. Yeah. That should be Liverpool's now for the for the coming weeks. I think Gakpo plays and fits and starts, yeah. but I think Jota is just a a lot more of a of a goal hound, isn't he? You know, yeah. And, you need something that you can pull something out. Definitely. The only thing you might do is if he wants to start Gakpo in the home game and play Jota the away one. Yeah. But again, because of the break, yeah. there isn't the pressure to do that, is there? Um, go on, give us a score prediction. Go on, go you first. Yeah, I think I think Liverpool could do with, you know, a nice healthy league going, going to Craven Cottage where they might have an opportunity to rest, yeah. rest more for that one. So, yeah, 2-0 Liverpool. Yeah. Well, I think actually things are going to be really, really close. I think it'd be way tighter than people think. I think, I think, yeah, I think it's a big deal for for Fulham. Mm-hmm. Uh, either two one or three one to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it was two one. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go three one to Liverpool. Fulham, quite a dangerous team, aren't they? They, they, they did get a Liverpool in the, uh, Arsenal, the Premier League. Beat Arsenal, yeah. I think, I think they're 
they're, they're quite good, but I think Liverpool should and could overwhelm them. But yeah, we'll see. We'll um, be back to discuss that game on Friday um, and then look ahead to the Thursday. break. Thursday, we'll yeah, we're going to go Thursday, gonna go Thursday this yeah. week because no, um, no, game the yeah, no game of the weekend. So we'll be quick turnaround for us. Be back on Thursday. We'll discuss the greatest cup competition in world football, the League Cup, and we'll see you then. Ta-ra. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.